Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 11, Growing Up Fire. I got the Melnichucks in the house today. Wildfire royalty, Terrace Melnichuk, Megan, and Wasil. Uh, hey, everyone. How's it going today? It's good. all good? Yeah, good. Fantastic. It's all good. Stop laughing, Wasil. I, <laughs> I can call your dad that if I want. <laughs> So, Terrace, uh, you finally got in here after being all nervous and scared for uh, months. I'm, I'm happy you're here. You brought the kids. I appreciate it. Well, that was the problem was them, not oh, me. Of right? course, yeah. of course. We'll still wake up. He's talking to me. Communication <laughs> starts at the top. <laughs> so, obviously, this is how this podcast is going to go. I love it. It's uh, shots fired all around. So, Terrace, let's start with you. Growing up fire, it's all about how the fire journey started. And you were showing me some pictures the other day that oh, I was loving. Yeah. It was like young Terrace, not baby Terrace, because I think you probably came out six feet tall. But <laughs> young Terrace, yeah. Saskatchewan, what was going on there? Well, I mean, even before those pictures, that time frame, like as a kid up in Uranium City, we lived just down two houses, three houses away from the fire hall. And... That was my other home was the fire hall. I used to live in there like all the time, right? So, and then when the mine shut down for grade 11 and 12, I had to go out for school. So we ended up going down to uh, Wilcox, Notre Dame Hounds, south of Regina. Go, go Hounds, Hounds, you bet. <laughs> yeah. Luke Dorad and Murgo. And uh, yeah, so they had a program there, which was kind of cool. When you were there, you could go on to the, the fire department, the volunteer fire department with... Uh, and uh, Gerald Schreibel was the uh, was the chief and one of our teachers. He was, in my books, a way better chief than he was a teacher. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where that happened back when I had long hair and no belly. And Yeah, you'd have to see the picture to believe it, folks. We'll try and get that up it for you. It, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't send it to me. He just showed it to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. right on. So do you think... Uh, so Uranium City, you're at the fire hall. Down in Wilcox, you're at the fire hall. Did you kind of get hooked there, or did it take a while after oh, that? Oh, I can. I very distinctly remember the first time I had a piss pack on my back, and that was in Uranium City, of course. And I'm going to say it was like grade six or so. Yeah. And I was already a permanent fixture in the fire hall. Usually, like we had the old air raid siren when the fire right. alarm would go. So you so light I, the grass in the ditch on fire and then the air no, siren would no, go off. No. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of funny. This one particular time, we used to tromps around in the bush all the time by ourselves. Like, I mean, we don't let our kids go down to 7-Eleven by themselves in town here today, this day and age. Yeah. But back then, everybody and all my buddies, we would go out biking into the bush in northern Saskatchewan, where anything north of us was like Yellowknife. Careful, man. The snowflakes aren't going to believe this story. Well, <laughs> good thing snowflakes don't listen. But yeah, anyway, so I was out tromping around in the bush, probably fishing down the creek or something. I come walking back, and, and I found a, a an active ground fire that was... I don't know how to be politically correct about this, but was... Uh, when did you worry about that? You guys, yeah. when did he start worrying about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're around it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I found this active ground fire that was man-made, let's just say. So anyways, I went up the hill back home. It was probably three quarters of a mile or so, and I got home and went down to the hall, and there was the red phone, and the, I, can, I can picture it like it's right here. 
And uh, I was scared to pick it up. So I didn't. I went, the fire hall was tied into the waterworks building. So I went into there and I said, hey, mister. <laughs> and uh, so he called and all the boys came down. And of course I had to, you know, we had to go in a truck and I had the doors open, the truck running. That was my thing when the siren would run. I was always the first one down. I had the truck running, doors open, ready to go. Anyways, the guys get there. I got to lead them down the hill to where this little ground fire was so we can put it out. And uh, the chief, and I can't remember who it was. That was like 400 years ago. He uh, threw a piss pack on my back. He says, you found it. You got to put it out. Nice. Filled up the piss pack and. That's growing up fire right the there. The way we went. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how that started anyways. And we actually, I was talking with somebody the other day and it was about those pictures that I showed you. And uh, it turned out that uh, uh, we were talking about riding on the tailboard. And I said, yeah, I used to do it all the time. And like he's, he said, that's something that he wants to do before he dies is ride on the tailboard. I did so it when I was in grade six. a good way to be there when you die. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it was all good. So yeah, then of course went down to Wilcox there for school and we were on the fire department there and we never really got any action, like real fires, a whole lot of practice, which is all good too, because that's yeah, a lot of fun. Young, yeah. We uh, we burnt down a, a whole lot of old farmhouses for practice and got to do some neat stuff. And boy, there's a lot of BTUs coming out of those old yeah, farmhouses. Forget eh, the sawdust walls. And- yeah. You bet. Right. Well, still, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Megan, let's go to you. And uh, when did you first know that you were growing up in a firehouse? When did you know that your dad was a wildfire firefighter? Oh, gosh, I don't know. But it was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, the earliest I can remember is cruising around in the blazer at nighttime looking at fire. Trying <laughs> Forest to, fires. Yeah. He was probably teaching you back then, eh? Oh, more than likely, yeah. <laughs> I remember going to Chisholm one time. The whole family went in the blazer. I don't know what we were doing, something with the Nodwell, but. Oh, to. Okay. Probably the earliest that I can remember is. The big Chisholm fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's going back for sure. Yeah. How about you, Wasil? Well, I remember as a kid all the time, Dad would go on his calls and he'd show up at the house after not seeing him for a long time. And first thing you'd always said to him after you give him his. Hello, hug there was always, you smell like smoke, Dad. Yeah. And, Good uh, stuff, eh? Always remember that. That's well, now we know so. it smells like money. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 it. Smell like that's good smell. And, uh, yeah, Megan, now your kids can start saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You smell like money. You smell like smoke, Mom. No, kids, that's that was, money. Uh, that's for sure one of my earliest memories. And uh, I remember also, that was a long time ago. I was just a young guy, too. That was back when we could ride in the back without seatbelts. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Uh, All of you guys, that's two snowflake shots on one (laughs) I uh, remember we hopped in the old 98 pickup, and we went out on the line, me and Dad. We had to do servicing and stuff on the old ugly there at that time. And some old boy, one of the fire guys, came out, and Dad yelled at me real quick to hide under the Nodwell, and I hid under the Nodwell, and once he found out who it was, okay, you can come out now. Oh, you're hiding and, from uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Come out and, yeah, no, that was, remember we went on the line a couple times. I'm sure I probably wasn't supposed to be Covertly. there. Covertly. Yeah, yeah. Covert, but, uh, but you had your helmet and your coveralls on. Yeah, my Tonka hat. And yeah, that's <laughs> right. Absolutely, yeah. Well, if you ask Ken Skull, he, that's uh, what fire helmets used to be like. He says they're like the ones we give the kids today, but maybe a little thicker. And you know what? <laughs> that kind of, when uh, I listened to that podcast with Ken, yeah. and when he said that, I flashed back to my Wilcox rigging, and it was like, wow, he was, he nailed yeah. it right on the head. Long there, coat, yeah. stout boots. 
suits and yeah. see-through helmet, eh? You bet. Crazy. So, Terrace, back to you. First big wildfire. So, you get through all your Wilcox stuff, you get trucking, get, get life going, and then uh, at some point you had to go on a wildfire. What was that all about? Well, I think, like, the first real nasty one, I mean, I was on a, a couple bazillion little ones, you know, running cat and stuff, helping out guys and whatever, and skitter and... But uh, like with our own company, ninety eight was the first one. Okay, as as the one that burned down into the Slave Lake Pulp there. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Started down uh, Chisholm Way, jumped the river, came up, and then that was the first one in nineteen ninety eight. So and no, so, sorry, I lied to you. That one started at the power you. poles at end of uh, just outside of town, just past where the eleven fire was. Oh, okay. And then that one ran way way south, and that goes back to when Megan said she remembers being in the blazer and us out at nighttime watching fire. Oh, that's what was going on. That's, we went up in the top into bedrock pit there and that, they called that fire bedrock, I think, or something at one point. I have a t-shirt of that. Yeah. We watched that fire that night, uh, roll over top of the hill and we were sitting up in the gravel pit and we had like, it was at the theater with the big screen TV. We just watched that thing just roll over the hill. And that's nature. Hey, that's yeah. yeah. And it's natural. Yeah. You bet. So, and I mean, it was really Mm -hmm. cool to be able to, be out there in a safe place, controlled as we were in our world, and let those kids experience that the rage and and the fury of of you know the beast, right? Yeah. So, well, I know you're in a safe place because Renata was probably there, and she'd be smacking you around <laughs> if she wanted. So. Sometimes That's she doesn't good. realize where I put it's, us. It's, but. It's the, the fourth amigo that uh, is smart enough not to go out with you guys every day and, and fight fire. But, yeah. Nice. Um, so, okay, we've got a few nicknames already coming out for the machines. So let's start with the beast, right? Big old green machine. Tell yes. us a little bit about the beast. It's Megan well, Princess. that's my beast. Megan's girl for sure. She, uh, when I a uh, hundred years ago or so, I started getting the concept in my head. Too much time trucking is not a good thing. It costs you money in the end. Because you think too much in the idle time. You're driving down the road and you get thinking about things. You start designing things in your head. He's not kidding. He's actually saying that he's driving a truck thinking about things. And countless truck stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lots of napkins, lots of scratch pieces of paper with pencil writing on it. So I kind of came up with my idea for the beast with the, you know, the the six by six floater tactical tender thing, let's call it. So... It took quite a while, probably two years before I found the right carrier that I wanted to start with from the base, right? Yeah. I ended up finding this thing and lo and behold, it was in Regina, chased that particular truck all the way from Long Salt, Ontario into Quebec and back and several different owners, blah, 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 and found it in Regina. So that's fine. Megan and I, we went down and looked at it. I went and looked at it twice haggled with this guy quite a bit he wanted way too much money and of course i'm cheap so <laughs> i'm not saying nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was your turn to buy coffee by the way this morning but uh anyways we ended up making coming to an arrangement and uh megan and i we jumped in the in the winch tractor in the low boy and we zipped down to regina and met the guy and loaded it up and we brought it home and then uh, megan and i started building and yeah, it was Megan and I built the beast. It's first from ground uh, up progression, <laughs> and uh, it turned out really good. Actually, it was kind of funny. I was looking at some Facebook memories here the other day there of, of the first test run, mm. and uh, yeah, it's been about this time. Yeah, and uh, so we uh, we did it, and then, of course, as time went through, there was a 
a change, a change, make this better, change this better. And, oh, yeah. and I mean, right up, it, it's an ongoing thing. It always, you always morph something as you go. Never stops. It's never going to stop. <laughs> yeah. So, so Megan, I love watching you run the beast, right? And, and uh, <laughs> she uh, honestly, she probably runs it better than I do. What was a funny oh, I story? I don't think anyone was going to argue. <laughs> about that. What was a funny story was uh, uh, on Chuck Egg Fire. We were on the south end there, and we had this one site. We were hauling water like a long ways into uh, some some relay tanks. And we had one section, a really bad muskeg. It was dry. It was like, it was fluff. Anyways, I'm in big red in front of it. And she's behind me following up in the beast. And and I come through this and I get, you just, it's not that you really got stuck. It just, you couldn't push anymore fluff. Uh, There was piled up in front of the rear ends and you could literally take your hand and just throw this fluff Mm. out. It was, I've never seen muskeg that dry, except for maybe in 99 up in Legal. But anyways, so, uh. Dozer boss comes and he pulls me out and he asks me what to do to kind of fix the trail. I said, just push the fluff, wind roll it off to the side. Okay, does Megan need a pull? I said, no, 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 just move out of the way. <laughs> Megan's okay. Yeah, just <laughs> She's sitting get out of the way, that's waiting. all. And, and yeah, so uh, he gets out of the way and uh, yeah, here comes Megan. She comes rolling in there, you know, just right through there like nothing and a uh, piece of cake. So there was, she runs it better than I do, as a rule. So that's the part I love. You're out there, and, and let's just say that this is mostly men's territory when you're out on a wildfire. Well, let's be honest. And, and, you're, and you're out there just crushing it, like making, making your dad look silly, and uh, right? What, what's that like? Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing it. I love doing anything to show up any guy out there. Yeah, always. Yeah. Eh? Like oh, any always. She went and any in opportunity that I can get, I'll take <laughs> she it. She went there, Jamie. She went. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's what I like about her, right? Yeah. It's uh, it's a man's world out there, but any girl out there can do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> a true story. Yeah, I mean, you used to show us that with your goalie skills all the time, and, <laughs> right? So, like, there's only a couple goalies. You and Colin Harnish are the only two that like literally <laughs> laugh in my face when they stone me with the glove or the blocker or the. So I always appreciate it. Surprised to even let you play. <laughs> I guess no one's off limits here. Well, like, this is like heckling the comedian. Yeah, don't yeah, don't do it. <laughs> when Megan first wanted to be a goalie, it was like, no, no, you're not. And uh, Mr. Thackeray was uh, yeah. was the coach, and I was kind of assistant coach, and I talked to him about it, and and I uh, we kind of came to the agreement that if she can take you know a dozen shots from the pair of us at the blue line, and not flinch or cry or you know turn around backwards and hide in the net with silk <coughs> uh, you know she can be a goalie well Dwayne Thackeray and I got on the blue line and he's got a Howard service slap shot I tell you well he let one go into her shoulder into her belly whatever and, and of course I got a wrist shot that I'm pretty proud of and I ring one right off her temple there and she just shook it and looked yelled at us both and said is that all you got well i was done well i'll tell you you're a goalie there was a couple no mercy of, from those guys there was a couple of hockey mums up in the stands there that were really heckling me for the headshot but whatever she made a good goalie so. that's it right on yeah. so so uh, let's talk about your first wildfire here out there on the beast right what's the first one pops to your head where you're just like wow this is oh this is again crazy. a bunch of little ones like i never really had a big one until we really went north, yeah, at a high level. Just a bunch of little ones. The earliest one that I could really remember is uh, we were on standby in Boulder, and we ended up getting a call for the one that's just across the river over here, Ottawa, under that CNRL battery. Right on, yep. And 
pretty sure dad made me cry that day. Because there's only a certain way that you're supposed to chain everything down. Because hey, there's always a there. certain way for everything. <laughs> and, well, I, you know, put the chain in the wrong spot and broke a line of some sorts and never done that again. Yeah. <laughs> but that's about the earliest that I can remember for going out and actually getting that call from being on standby. That so. rush, eh? Where you're yeah. going to do the, the job. and the, yeah. Right on. And then it turned out we couldn't get there anyways. Yeah, we couldn't get there anyways. We did unload yeah. and we went in there and then they ended up turning us around. So, so I part mean, of the wildfire fighting, right? The boreal forest is it thicker than a it lot. looks. Right? Yeah. 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 But we fired it up, we got it off, put it back well, on. Well, I think on our way back, <laughs> on did we not one. get uh, diverted to one up in Nipissey? There's been so many fires. There's so many. They all yeah, like, blurs into a beating. I, I get you. I get you. So let's go back. You were calling it ugly. <laughs> the Nodwell. Oh, right? the original. That's the original. <laughs> yeah. Talk a little bit about that, Wasil. What's that machine? Well, it was the old, it was an old Ford. 1966 International Cab, which was kind of stock back then, but it was on a T6 foremost track machine. Yeah. Yeah, with right. a Minneapolis Moline engine in it. <laughs> it was a little bit of a farmer rig up. Ether anytime you wanted to start it. <laughs> Middle of summer. And uh, I remember the day it showed up to the yard. Mm-hmm. And went for a ride the, right the off old, the bat. Yeah, went right to the backyard <laughs> into the muskeg, played around his kids with dad and driving around and slapped the water tank on it and away went it went. <laughs> yeah, went away to it to work. So <laughs> remember changing track bars on it all the time as kids and well, we loved doing that, didn't we? Like, well, something like that, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one way to put it. So, like, like chaining down a truck. Yeah. But you know what? It was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was way cooler back then, Jamie, because like they didn't have driver's license, so they couldn't drive away from you then. True. Yeah, we were right? stuck. Mad. They were stuck. They were your yeah. helpers, regardless, right? Yeah. Well, Wasil's my man. He's always got my back when I start talking about stupid stuff. It's yeah, a couple stomps, and I know to either keep going or stop. But I know we're at that spot, so yeah. it's uh, it's good to have them. Let's, uh, oh, so that Nodwell, it also had a heli dump on it. No. No, it was the that next was one. That was the next that, one. Yeah. Okay. On the yeah. new one, yeah. yeah. The new one had the heli dump. So let's talk about that for a second. We got that one, uh, well, I mean, uh, we ran Old Ugly for three uh, years. And I mean, like again, it was a 1966. It ran exceptionally well. It did a couple of, like, incredible summers. It did 98th summer, two fires. The Mitsu fire, then it did the Legal fire, which was a, a monster fire as well. And then the next year it did uh, the Panty fire up northeast of uh, Red Earth. And that was, again, another monster fire. And, I mean, just weeks and weeks and weeks of torture on that poor old girl. And it did so well. And then uh, spring of 2000, decided it was time to maybe do a little upgrade Good old Richie Brothers went in and we found the one we've got now, a 110C. And uh, nice thing about it, it's got a nice little picker on it and everything. And we paid a little bit for it, but it the proof was in the pudding. And then uh, brought it home. We built our own tank. And uh, another one of them times where we're driving too much down the road, thinking about different Mon- things. Monster and garage and a truck Monster stop garage, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got I thinking to myself. I remember all the stops at the welding shop. <laughs> how, how it came to it was, it was like, you know, like if we're traveling with the Nodwell to go get water, your crews are not putting out fire because they have no water. So if you could sit in one place and the water came to you, you'd be putting out way more fire, more effectively. So then that's, I kind of thought, well, why don't I build like a both. thing? 
light bulb. Yeah, it was might have been only a 20 watt, but whatever. It got brighter as time went on and way more scrap pieces of paper beside the shitter in the bathroom there. To the welding shop. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and uh, yeah, built the, the hopper top on it. And the worst part about that was is it took really honestly about two and a half, maybe three years before it caught on and everybody seen where how well it would work right. and that it was actually efficient, especially if you had four or five machines in the same section of line that had no water close and or couldn't access that little pothole muskeg lake but the helicopter could just go pop 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 so and then it started taking off now uh, actually in in uh, our district uh, if you don't have a a heli top on uh you're not on the first rotation of of the columns it's a necessity yeah so it kind of what do you always say Innovation, not, not imitation. imitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's and actually that's stolen. I think from Aspen Trailers, but whatever. I'm gonna own it anyway. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually, you don't tell who you stole it from when you stole it. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to Big Red because Big Red, I got to tell you, is uh, one of one of my favorites. Right, B- Big Red is uh, when I go down there. What do you what do you guys call it? Monster Garage. Uh, the Monster Garage. The Monster yeah. Garage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I believe in that because sometimes I've seen some monsters in there. <laughs> but, but I love to go in there because it's such a mix of emotions. You, you got dad, right? Jack of all trades, kind of telling everybody what's going on, drawing stuff. To do. Right? And uh, Megan, you're right, in wrong there. or indifferent. <laughs> and, and then you bring Greg into it, right? The actual welder, ticketed welder. <laughs> the you, only one who's certified. <laughs> and then you got Wasil, the, the, the mechanic, right? <laughs> Actually a mechanic. And uh, but you still got the boss here telling everybody what's gonna what happen and how it's gonna work. And so I love to go there and just ask stupid questions. <laughs> there is my forte. Sometimes you gotta move things and you gotta <laughs> keep them on. Jamie, his toes. there is no stupid questions. The only stupid question we've ever had in that shop was who threw the firecrackers inside the flange <laughs> <laughs> while Greg was welding it. <laughs> So it was fun, and uh, I actually wish Greg was here because props to him for putting up with all of you. While honestly, you with honestly, <laughs> putting up with all of us—he's a saint. <laughs> I love him. Uh, so it's uh, it is fun. It's fun to go down there, and then uh, you know when I was fire chief, and you'd always be like, "Well, how does this work? And how does that work?" And you'd be always teasing us about our fancy red stuff and all the chrome and red, and you guys think brass you're buttons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And then when you got big red, and it was white and red, yeah. it was like <laughs> I was the happiest so, guy on earth. <laughs> there was a reason. I had a lot of people when they first seen the carrier. First thing, uh, the question, are you painting it yellow? No. Are you painting it green? I said, Megan wants to, but no. <laughs> but it's red. I said, yes, and it has chrome. Yes, it does. That, that's to prove a point now. And it was kind of funny because some guys really shook their head and didn't think I was being serious. But uh, a very prime example is we went to a deployment, and it was a wooey event where we had some shiny brass buttons, and we had some pretty old guys. So... There was the beast. It was sitting there. Nobody even batted an eye at the flat green army looking unit. And Big Red was sitting beside it. Shiny red paint, some chrome, some polished aluminum. Everybody gravitated to it. So I'm standing there with with a high-ranking official. And I said, see, proved my point right there, didn't I? And he went, wow, Terrace, I never thought that you had a valid point. 
I said, it's right there. And he said, yeah, you're right. Oh, firefighters are like moths to a light when it comes yes. to <laughs> shiny, shiny stuff. Yeah, yep, you bet. Absolutely. <laughs> now, there's no difference between the two units. One's flat green and one's shiny red. And that is the only mm -hmm. literal difference, functional-wise. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, everybody just steers away from the flat green and goes for the shiny. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, when you built the stand-up water cannon. Is that what we're calling it? Basically the, the tripod or the the uh, tent on the top of the truck that comes up with the huge water cannon on it. Because I remember you coming to the fire hall and we were talking about the water cannons that we have on our trucks. And I can still, I can close my eyes right now and see your face when I told you how much one of those costs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you're like, whatever, I'm not doing that, right? That's not the words I use. <laughs> we can't say those words. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that button. Yeah. Quit so, kicking me. <laughs> and, uh, and so then you, you went away and you're like, okay, I'm going to build my own and, and uh, it's going to be all automated. And Well, no, wait a minute. You missed a part. <laughs> On the beast after 11. I knew that I was missing a part. And I did come and we talked about cannons. The first progression of my water cannon up top was a manual one. It was remote control for the action part, but the standing and the laying down stowing part was manual. Oh. So I had to crawl out of the cab, crawl up in the tank, stand up this big old friggin' monstrosity and kind of latch it in and then go do our thing. The reason it got mechanized, because I'm old and lazy now, and I work smarter, not harder. So now that's where the, the mechanization on Big Red first, when we built Big Red. You wanted it to Right be. off the start, I said, ha, ah, I'm getting smarter, older, and more sore. So I, that thing's going up by itself. Uh, so that's where we did it. And then after that, we moved it over and mechanized the stand-up stow on the beast. So Okay. Yeah. So that's how that goes. Um, progression. Right? Yeah. And it, it's uh, not as fancy or flashy as the fire truck ones, but I'm guessing it also didn't cost $15,000. You know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been hit by that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually, it kind of hurts my feelings a bit because it's my grandson, Kaysen. It's his favorite truck. He's <laughs> <laughs> his favorite truck. Smart though. grandson, right? Yeah. <laughs> we got all these trucks and all this fancy chrome and Big Red's his favorite. So... <laughs> Whatever, I can live with disappointment, I guess. <laughs> and, and I think that, you know, until you're working side by side. So uh, Chuck Egg up in high level was a good one for all of us. We got to see the trucks work a lot and mm -hmm. and uh, right side by side and put them in the, I'd say, the best positions in those interface fires over and over. And got to see them kind of go head to head with all of the fancy chrome units, which I think was your favorite part. I was out doing some videos one Gosh, day. Gosh, it couldn't have been any better. <laughs> it was the best year ever. Yeah. Um, really showed what those trucks could do, right? All of, all of the pieces. And so it's kind of been a fun, you know, from the beast and we've known each other way kind of back then all the way up till today. And uh, I think there's still some stuff in Big Red I haven't been allowed to see, but what, yeah. whatever it is. Highly what classified is. material. Yeah, there, maybe. you got to be part of the family, right? right. Yeah. Greg's even, just getting there. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the fence. He's going the right direction. But he's, it's, there's some flux capacitors there yeah. that are not for anybody's <laughs> eyes. Yeah. yeah, right on. If it doesn't so. involve two pieces of metal sticking together, you don't need to know. <laughs> So we got to see that stuff demo day 2020. We were out by the Walmart field there and decided we'd gonna do this big demo burn. A little preamble setup was uh, we had four shacks, 
One had a sprinkler on it. One had some thermal gel on it. Retardant. One was I spread around. Wasn't uh, it? Yeah, I was on the ground, so yeah. fire smarted and, yeah. and around the ground. And one was the control shack, which we knew was going to burn down. And so we light up this 14 acre field and, and let her go. And uh, I would say about halfway through, so the shacks are just starting to be impacted. Everyone's watching that. And then the radio transmissions go up that we've got, uh, let's call it an excursion outside of That's the- a good word. <laughs> <laughs> And I look over and all I could see is black smoke belching from these two trucks and you and Wassell are doing your thing and Ryan's panting and out of breath on the radio. So Wassell, what does that look like from the driver's seat? It's fun. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, for no better term, it's fun for us. You know, it gets the blood going a bit, gets you thinking more, gets you pretty much uh, on your toes a lot more when you're not expecting it. Kind of like at that moment, it kind of just kind of went well, you sit there, and, you're, uh, you're, you're planned for it. You know there's going to be something happen. And so you're kind of ready. And, you, I mean, your your adrenaline's not really going yet. But then when you get the panic calls like that, and I think uh, maybe even uh, young Logan might have made another bark over at the other corner there or whatever, and then that's when the adrenaline kicks in and it's, okay, it's game time. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah, we know it's not going too far, but it's going where it's not it supposed to. Matter. And, it it yeah. doesn't matter. It's, it's all the same. In our world, <laughs> it's all the same. Exactly. If it's not where it's supposed to be, it's it's the same. We're putting it out. That's right. right. Yeah. And that's the adrenaline of it, right? I, th- I think we could be surrounded by fire, tons and tons of fire everywhere. And uh, we'd all say the same thing. It's when the fire goes where it's not supposed to yeah. or where we told it not to yeah. that really gets you wrapped yeah. up, right? <laughs> And that's just kind of how it is. So that was a fun day. We got to got, watch your two trucks, uh, yeah. the Beast and Big Red, rip yeah. around all over and and uh, save the day. And of course, it's always fun when you guys save the day of all the other little smaller fire trucks. And, you know, <laughs> one of the thing is, like, for me, when we're doing that stuff, when it comes time to play with the cannon, let's call it, for lack of a better word, and we're doing stuff like that, the world goes away, which is maybe potentially a bad thing. I don't hear the radios. I don't. It's, it, you're focused. Yeah. I mean, you've always got, you know, your your redundant lookouts around you and whatever else, especially once you get in the tight crew. Like we're watching, I'm watching for Wasil, what he's doing, what's behind him. He's watching for me. But when it's go time and you're putting the wet stuff on the hot stuff, that you're in the moment. You're yeah. right there. You're so dialed in. It's, it's incredible, right? Yeah. Love so, it. Yeah, for sure. So I want to flash back to 2011 for a bit, right? I mean, 2011, the wildfire, it burned up to your backyard, right? I mean, you can still see the burnt trees when you go to your house to this day. I know that you were out there kind of the night before through through that night and then uh, eventually got back into town too. So what, kind of walk us through some of your, what, what's this like? So you're a firefighting guy and this thing you're bringing the fight to all the time is about to get your house it came to me your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wanted a fight <laughs> so we, so we uh, actually the day it started i was on standby i had my nodwell on my low boy and we had old morris wasaluka on my nodwell so we were uh, staged up in martin hills we got the call we went south of uh gibbs place up mooney creek there that, yeah. for that fire that the one that got uh canyon wide as we were unloading the equipment uh, hooking back up to the trailers, I looked out the pasture side window off to the east, and I seen this plume of smoke out by the mills. And I got on the radio. I said, hey, guys, look over here. And, like, because we had never heard anything on the radio or anything yet, the forestry radios. And uh, right there, we realized that, ooh, we got bigger problems. 
So anyways, I get loaded up. I told our dozer boss, I said, listen, I'm getting to town. I think they're going to need me on, on the beast. And uh, so I get to town on the way into town, talked with Forrester, and they said, yeah, Terrace, yeah, get the beast out there as soon as you can. So I phoned Wasil. Wasil raced down to the shop. He fired up the beast for me, had it warmed up as I come roaring in with uh, the truck and trailer, the low boy. Parked it in the corner. We jumped in the beast, and away we went out to the house because that fire was coming right at our Rare subdivision. House, yeah. It of course, there was no other crews. There was your guys, all the, the Muni guys were out there doing their things, but we have, at that point had no communications between yeah. the two agencies. Yeah. So we were doing just whatever we could. So we just started wetting down, doing some grasses and pre-impeachment, you know, mitigation shit. And uh, yeah, from then on, there's a whole lot of blank stuff. I was going to yeah. say, it's all <laughs> a blank, really. I mean. There's every now and then you kind of, like, I mean, that was... The first four days of that was just balls to the wall, for yeah. lack of a better it was word. Mind-boggling, really. I can remember uh, meeting up with uh, Kim Romanuk uh, before he knew I was out there under a forestry flag, and he was trying to evacuate me, and I was actually trying to pull out of the out of the creek, and and I might have used some words that we can't use right now and basically said uh, no thanks kim i'm good <laughs> i'm sure it was really nice like, yeah oh, i don't think yeah. i will kim thanks yeah, yeah. thanks for asking in, in kim's it. defense he didn't know yeah. right so but yeah we did that and then uh we were again blank spots i remember that night uh of course that's before it got into town it was just in the, the acreages at the time we were out at the drug handle there Jake and, and the guys were out there. We were putting out a bunch of hot spots in there all night. Arnold Sapolo was feeling this water like crazy. He just couldn't couldn't go fast enough. One of my best water support units in the world. Then that next morning, we got moved over to Golden's place because that's when it picked up and really started rolling. It came around the backside of Golden's and uh, Jason Cottingham was there. He was running one of my hoses. There was three of us. And uh, we were trying to save Golden's house on his acreage. And the fire was rolling. We got the call, get to town. So we come down Poplar Lane and turned in front of the tourist information booth. And there was flames laying crossways across the road. And I can remember plain as day going, well, there's, you know, fear of common sense. I got to go through. So just drove through it, popped through the other side. And there was a one of the highways guys at a roadblock holding the stop sign, and he's looking at me with these great big saucer-sized eyes, like, where the hell did he come from? Probably because I just drove by him about five minutes before that popped out of the smoke, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> so still terrified from that. Then. <laughs> yeah. So then anyways, we ended up getting into town. They kind of regrouped us. There was, there was a lot of regrouping, um, and understandably so, because nobody really kind of had an eye on the big picture really so much. Yeah. Lessons learned, lessons observed, which is yeah. getting better, right? Yeah. Then we ended up getting tied in with the Muni guys. Uh, Forestry actually said, you know, go tie in with the fire hall, give those guys a hand. So uh, then, yeah, we uh, started uh, feeding water to the trucks up in behind the high school and yeah, all over. And then uh, that night, uh, tied up with the guys from uh, high level. Okay. Super bunch of guys, worked with them all night. And then... Again, a bunch of kind of foggy areas. Going, yeah. But uh, the one thing I do remember is uh, it was, I don't know, day two or day two and a half or so. The only thing I had was a thermos of coffee that a potential neighbor might have smuggled to me because they weren't supposed to be there. Uh, they smuggled me a thermos of coffee 
just to kind of keep me going because we had no, we had no, yeah, we no, weren't prepared for this. Yeah, right? No, and uh, but hungry, thirsty. Oh my God! Smelled the high heaven. I'm sure. But uh, I got a, a text message, and it was uh, Terrace. Get to the fire hall and see Joanne. All right. So I show up there, and she comes outside, grabs me by the arm, takes me inside. You guys had all the tables set up in the fire hall with all the sandwiches and uh, all this stuff. And, yeah, it was kind of funny because there were some Calgary and, and Edmonton brass button firefighter guys all in line, and she just grabbed me and just roared right through the lineup. And what do you want? This, that, this, that. I had a cardboard box to take and, and leave with, and all those guys were kind of standing there. Oh, how come he's special? <laughs> Never mind. They, I don't know. Know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, but then we ended up out at Widewater, and yeah, like, I mean, we were all over. I mean, I don't know if there was very many places that we didn't touch on that fire, so. Megan, what do you remember of it? Oh, I didn't have much involvement. The first day when it went up behind our house, I was up in Seal Lake working on a turnaround, and I took a break, went into the truck and had lunch, and I got a phone call from mom crying, saying that I had to get home. <laughs> so I remember packing up everything and then trying to get home. home yeah. yeah. That brings up lots of emotions. How about you, Wasil? What do you remember? Pretty much about the same as Megan. I didn't really have too much involvement. I remember... Uh, when mom cries, it's like, that's... Yeah, I, I, I just <laughs> got home, home from work because I was living at mom and dad's at the time still, and... I remember coming home and asking mom if she smelt that smell of smoke, the money clouds, as we always called it. And she says, well, kind of, but I just didn't really think about it. And I looked out the back window and there's the big column. And so I went for a drive, come back to talk to mom and said, yeah, we should probably start getting packed. Yeah. And then uh, I don't think it was two seconds after we said that dad calls and yeah, get packing. Like you said. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. And if it was I remember like, what correctly, I think mom was more so sad about the gun safe because she couldn't get. <laughs> so this is where rifles. I have to give 100% credit to my wife. I never would have thought this in a, I have a, a few firearms as she was packing up stuff to take, to get ready to leave. Yeah. She didn't know what to do with my guns. So she went to the freezer, the deep freezer. She unloaded the deep freezer, put all my guns in the bottom of the deep freeze, put all the frozen meat back on top. Let Genius. alone packing everything well, else. That is, yeah, that <laughs> and getting the Genius. Like, I cannot the whole time was still like, why are we putting the guns in the freezer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, genius. And I, I just, to this day, I'm astounded what made her think of that. It's it. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Because when you're packing, right? Like I can remember so many times. I remember the lady in Fort McMurray that had her goat and her cat and her dog and her kids. And she brought a box of crackers and a big block of cheese. Mm -hmm. That was it, eh? But the but the goats and the dog and the cat all had food. The yeah. kids got a crackers and a block of cheese yeah. and were like, what about like water? Or, yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. What about your passport or your purse? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't yeah. Think of that. So actually, I got everything that can breathe. I can put it in the car. And yeah. You see, and that's where I'm kind of totally out of the picture when it comes to that stuff. Because I'm... It seems like I'm never home. You're in the fight. I'm yeah. out in the bush, out whatever, somewhere else, fighting somebody else's fight when it's time for us to be doing something, right? Yeah. So, No, and it's what you, like, it's uh, harder now when you think about it, right? Because you guys oh, yeah. can have all three units out, and there's still lots of things to worry about, right? Where are the kids? Where, you know, uh, where's uh, Renata? Where's Greg? Where's what's going on with all the stuff? But uh, you guys will have to be out there and be in the fight, right? So growing up fire is all about having that 
that family connection. Uh, and we do. We got to take care of the people that are taking care of us. That's right. yeah. But we also got a job to do, right? Which yeah, is uh, for sure. And when you live in an area like this, where your place can be impacted, right? Start lining them up. Ninety-eight, you would have been worried. Two thousand, you would have been worried. Two thousand one, you would have been worried. You know, 2011, there used to be a point in time where I could remember chronologically every fire I was ever on, every one of them, yeah. you know, and in order the right year, whatever, those days are gone. Oh, there's so many now. You can't even, oh, yeah. I can't keep up. No, it's uh, okay. So now I want to talk a little bit about breakdowns because it wouldn't be the same in your family with the Beast and Big Red and the Nodwell without talking a little bit about breakdowns because I'll put some pictures on folks, but these machines are massive. They got the big floater tires. They're, they're massive machines, right? And so the question I always get from everyone is, hey, your buddy Bush Baby there, what happens when he gets a flat tire? I, I don't know. I guess he changes it. But so, so what does that look like when the tire is like half the size of a pickup? <laughs> a well, it's, it, it kind of looks flat on the bottom. <laughs> it's never a good thing. It's one of those things you never talk about. That's that, this is where you start kicking Jamie. That's yeah. bad karma. That's very Change bad the subject. Karma. <laughs> it's not bad fun. Woman. It's uh, because you know what? When things go bad, they never go bad in a good place. Right. You just got to kind of roll with the punches. You do what you can with what you have around you. And you just got to figure it you out. Can't, you can't have a plan. You just go with it. Yeah. So, so uh, this last year, you got the trailer, the... And I go in the back and there's like the biggest toolbox I ever saw. And <laughs> we're we're going to have shelves and we got to have a cutting torch and we got, and we're going through all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, what's, <laughs> what's happening here. Right. And so like you built this because when these things break down, you got to have this mobile shop. It, you well, never break down in the shop yard. Right. It's always out in the bush or conveniently enough. If it's, if you're lucky enough, it breaks down beside your command center. <laughs> Which, never. not on wood, it never happens. <laughs> yeah. But at least that way you got, hopefully, all your parts, all your tools were crafty. I could make a lot of tools out of nothing to make mm -hmm. the right size. If you he don't have the right size. He whittled a 9 out of a chunk of popper one time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to make do with what you have mm -hmm. at your hands. And if you're on a fire and everything shut down for high level, for example, when it was on fire last summer. Last summer? Two summers, Two summers ago already. Mm -hmm. And uh, when nothing's open, you got to make do with what you got. Yeah. So you try to pack what you think you might need. Think about in the future what could possibly go wrong and just kind of be ready. And that was kind of the progression going into the trailer that we got with the sort of pseudo living quarters. And, you know, it's got the shower and the shitter and the yeah. sink and stuff. But for how many years I chased the equipment with the back seat of my pickup. Being all of that. <laughs> Tools to seat. the roof. Literally. <laughs> There's a seat there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Going to the specs. But literally, like, I've got tools jammed in there to the ceiling, door to door, window to window. Right. That's um, my seat. <laughs> <laughs> it That gets old after, you know, 20 um, this years. Whole time? <laughs> last year? <laughs> so, I mean, it was just time that, you know, we started... I should have done it years ago, but you don't think about it. Ah, oh, yeah, maybe later, maybe. Finally, we just pulled the trigger last year, and we did it. So we're, I think it's going to be pretty cool. So. No, I was, I was excited to see it. I, I was scared, nervous, like that's a lot of stuff. And and uh, But those trucks are big, right? So at the fire center, 
uh, at fire hall, w when we break something, we just leave it there and a truck comes and gets it, brings it back or, <laughs> or we get back and we fill out this little form that says, Hey, this thing is broken. So, so you guys don't give each other forms saying what's broken. No, we just yell at each other. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a quick text message. Dad, I broke it. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. Which one are you idiots? But I mean, in yeah. all honesty, we have a pretty good preventative maintenance program. So, I mean. Which you'd have to, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I mean, they're special I mean, units, you know, you have special equipment. It's just... You can't, in good conscience, send something that's at 50% right. out to a, a, a task that's going to take 160% of what you got. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, that's the way we've been. I've been since day one. It's got to be at top notch plus 10% just for your own sanity, yeah. your own... Uh, I don't even know what the what, what you call it. You go out there and you you know you get to a real shithole with the Nodwell, and it's like oh boy, I I got a weak track Start over there. Oh boy, about what things, do I? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> if you can go in there going ha ha, no, no. That's real. You know, yeah. I uh, I rebuilt those tracks like a month ago and it hasn't turned since, so we're good. You know, yeah. just the peace of mind is is worth the its weight in gold. Nice. So. Right on. So so this is where we're at. What, what's next? What's the big stuff? Bush baby. More trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I got a piece of paper to pin right here. Let's start. Let's, let's uh, in, in, in my dream, it would probably be, uh, you know, uh, maybe another big red, but a right-hand drive. Oh. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Something's We're happening. For you, There's another project. <laughs> Greg's at home crying himself to yeah. sleep right now. <laughs> Hopefully my well, kids will be old know, enough chances to help at that are point. We, we wouldn't build that right-hand drive truck here. Ah, copy, yeah. copy that, right? So, lots of uh, in a perfect world, but lots of chances. It's, it's a big world of fire, right? Yeah, absolutely, growing yeah. up fire, big round ball, yeah. growing out to other countries. Nice. You never know the opportunities that could arise. Yeah, could arise. So we know this is coming out start of April. Let's. Uh, Wildfire season, right? We're here in the middle of winter. And oh, you're going to do it to me, aren't you? Let's do it. Let's you're do it. I want the predictions. The 2021 predictions oh. for wildfire. I don't want to jinx myself. <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about this either. It can't be worse than 2020. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I think uh, provincially, are we doing provincially? Or Let's national? do provincially. Provincially, northeast is going to go, southeast, uh, sorry, northwest is going to go again, I think. And I think uh, south southwest is dry. South in the is rocks, dry. I think it's got some pretty big potential down there. There you go. We'll see it. here i don't know uh, yeah you never know bets are off it's a uh, it, it's all just like throwing darts really you honestly bet. right uh i've been standing out there where you can't even get a piece of spit in your mouth and <laughs> and not a fire happens and yeah. you know you get out there and it rains for a week and two days later you're like you know what even the 2011 wildfire i always go back to five days before that fire there was mm. snow on the ground mm -hmm. right and then it turned 30 above and the wind yeah. picked up and i think we all knew that uh, we better be ready for for that season right but you never know and then really the rest of that season it, it was a big enough fire but it, it really wasn't that bad of a season it no. kind of was steady but yeah. but that's it uh there's certainly been worse bigger crazier fires right yeah absolutely yeah. fort mac in 2016 and fort mac that was, a, that was another crazy one you bet yeah we right. uh, put on a lot of miles on that one too so. Yeah, well, what, what that thing ended up being half a million hectares. Oh, you know what? I can't even remember. Yeah, like it's it, so big. it didn't matter. It was just 
I know where I was on the map, and that's all that matters. Did the Beast and Big Red go to Fort Mac? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And the Nodwell. We had the Nodwell oh, up there, too. Okay. It was up in behind uh, Sincrude by the river there. Yeah. So everybody got to go to that one, too. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. And that was kind of a, a little bit of a task, that one, because uh, that was the first time that we've had all three simultaneously dispatched. And historically, I could always slide kind of in between some lines and underneath some some rules and uh, hours of service, days on, days off, didn't always apply to us. But in this new modern day, them damn computers, they catch up to us. Yeah, so they kind of track us and stuff. So I had to start figuring out, you know, days off for the guys and time off and replacements and backfilling. Operators and, and yeah. And I mean, honestly, not everyone can just jump into this thing. I know that you guys think it's nothing. You're all three used to it, but you know, anybody else can't just jump in the seat of the beast no. or big red. And, and yeah, that's not happening. Right? Yeah. That's just not, it's not worth it for my mental wellness to, yeah, of course. to, to do that. You yeah. need a bigger mechanic trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And it's not even just that, Jamie. It's just, uh, I mean, that's that's our face on the door, right? Yeah, so you get somebody in there that's a, that's a wing nut and doesn't have a clue and goes out there and it's a jackass. Yeah. It doesn't show on them because they don't know who the hell that's that right. is. Yeah, the company it shows on that door. Is, yeah, uh, yeah, that's so. right. No, no pressure on you kids, eh? None. <laughs> None whatsoever. They know it. They know it. Hey, hey we got to talk about this. Where does Bush Baby come from? All right, long time ago, long, long time ago, born and raised Uranium City, Saskatchewan. So when we were starting our business, Renata and I said that we wanted a very distinct, recognizable name. So we were in uh, actually in Red Deer playing cards at uh, some family friends of mine, like a uh, uh, long time since we grew up together. Yeah. And uh, we were playing cards. There might have been some whiskey involved and some smart ass comments and we got uh, thinking, whatever. Anyways, we were talking about where everybody was born. So uh, the one was born in Uranium City. Her husband was born in Yellowknife. The other one was born in Uranium City. Her boyfriend or whatever, I can't even remember, was born in Calgary. The wife was born in, in Medicine Hat. So anyways, I come up with this smart-ass comment, and I said, oh, look at this. There's only uh, two of us that aren't bush babies here. The rest of us were born up in the bush. The rest are you southern flatlanders, so there's only, you know, Two of you aren't bush babies. And we looked at, Renaud and I looked at each other and it was right there, bang. Bush there it is, baby. bush baby. There it is. Yeah. Nice. That's where that came from. That's it. And then the real bush babies came and now they're all <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here yeah. we are. Yeah. And their replacements are on the way too. There. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Definitely. Uh, yeah, she shows up in the truck lots of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any chance she can get, she's yeah. in it. This summer's going to be fun because she's to the point now where she can really appreciate it. Of you course, know? yeah. So, yeah. Good. All right. So thanks, guys. Bush Baby. Thanks for having us. Thank Terrence, Megan, Lucille. Uh, that's awesome. Episode 11, Grown Up Fire. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.